Okay. We're on. Okay, we begin. So, tonight marks uh, Tu Bishvat, which is the new year for trees. It's funny, my mom is actually joining us from Florida via uh, FaceTime. And I remember my mom used to tell us when she was a kid, they would give out packages or bags filled with fruits and nuts. And it was such a special occasion, I guess, even if you, if you go back in time to the Depression when they didn't have anything, to have a holiday when you had all these fruits and nuts must have been absolutely amazing. So the Torah tells us that Hashem created a beautiful garden for Adam and Chava. And if you see this table, Chantel created this beautiful table with all of these beautiful fruits. So it's just, I walked in a few minutes ago and I'm amazed. I wish that everyone could be here because the fact is there's enough food <laughs> here for everybody who's on. If you look in the kitchen, it's amazing. So, Hashem creates Adam and Chava. He places them in the Garden of Eden and He commands them, eat from every tree with the exception of one tree. It's Tovera. The tree of knowledge, Etz Tovera. Don't eat from that tree. And what happens is, they're allowed to eat from every tree. And which tree do they eat from? The one they're not supposed to. So what the rabbis tell us is when they sinned by eating from the tree of knowledge, in essence what they did was they caused a blockage in the spiritual energy from above to below. The energy is coming from above through the various worlds, through the sefirot, and it comes down to us. The energy is always flowing. And Adam and Chava, by them sinning, what they did was they blocked it. The Mekubalim explain they impaired the seed from Yisod, from being implanted in Malchut. Malchut represents the world that we are. They block the energy from getting to us. This holiday of Tu Bishvat is an opportunity to reclaim the lost seed and restore this heavenly flow to the lower worlds. This, in many ways, is the theme of these weeks we call Shovevim. Shovevim, to return to Hashem. Really return, also return the connection, reconnect, rebegin anew. We do this on Tu Bishvat by eating from all, or at least as many of the trees, and through the blessings we make, through the recognition of Hashem's bounty, and the appreciation of everything that Hashem has done for us, what do we do? We repair the sin of Adam. Now you would imagine that Tu Bishvat should come on the first day of spring. Right now, we're in the middle of winter, exactly six weeks from the beginning of Tevet, and six weeks away from the beginning of Nisan, from springtime. So why would you make this in the middle the rabbis tell us that this is the day we move from the harsh deen, from the judgment of the winter, just like we have a holiday in the summer called Tube Av, the 15th of Av, which divides the month of Av from the judgment we have in Tammuz, Shiva Asar Tammuz, the three weeks, the destruction of the Mikdash on Tisha Av. We have that that stops the deen of the, of the summer, and it begins us going into the holiday season of the, of the fall. Just like that, 
Tu Bishvat is the holiday that breaks the winter. It signifies the renewal. The most of the rains have already fallen. And it brings with it the blessings of the springtime. Each of us from today forward, we have this ability to look forward to Nisan and to our own personal exodus from our own personal Mitzrayim. Our father, my father, their grandfather, great-grandfather for my grandchildren, he passed away on the 14th of Shabbat, seven years ago. This is the last day of Deen. We all thought that my father picked the day in his humility so that he would get buried on the 15th and no one would be able to eulogize him. The fact was it was the middle of Yeshiva week, so everyone was away. It was a two-foot snowstorm and it was Tu Bishvat. So you really couldn't say anything, do anything and have anyone there. And for a guy as humble as he was, it was very fitting. My father really, though, dedicated his life to restoring the flow of caring and sharing. He was involved in every aspect of our communal life. It's unbelievable, but under his direction and his leadership, countless students were educated from toddler through adulthood. Even as far as training rabbis to become future leaders, he set up the rabbinical college in the community. He was one of the people to help set it up. He made sure by running the Achiezer organization, we had places to pray, many synagogues. All of them were under his watch. And those lacking sustenance, those who lacked food, every day they got their food from the biggest meals on wheels in the city of New York. Our elders were given a place to lay their heads and call home through the Achiezer Senior Citizen Center. And those who needed more in their final years were cared for in the in the nursing home. Children with special needs found a place at the summer camps. I remember he would take us to see what was happening for the handicapped kids. When Victor and I were very young, he would bring us each, each summer to see. In addition to helping people, he would, he would teach people skills and make sure they had jobs so they had the dignity to support themselves. So to many of us, Tu Bishvat is the holiday of planting trees in our generation to be enjoyed by the next generation. We're fortunate that, that my father, Joe R. Beebe, he planted tremendous trees in his lifetime, allowing us to enjoy the fruits. So as we're going to make the blessings and learn Torah relating to this day, we all should commit to restore the flow of caring and sharing and bringing people together. And through the merit, may we all be blessed to see Mashiach Sidkenu B'merav Yemenu Amen. So while originally an obscure and mostly unobserved holiday, Tu Bishvat took on a greater significance among the Mikubalim, really in the 17th century. As is well known, the entire Tu Bishvat Seder emerged complete with four cups of wine, if you, I don't know if we could see, but we have on the other side of the table, actually four cups of wine, each in a different color, white, a little, ro- a little pinkish, a uh, little more pinkish. I need my son to tell me what all these Bottom are. Red. And then the red, the, the red, red wine. So all of this came, came known with a sort of a Haggadah to celebrate a Seder. While we don't have any record of a Seder from Rabbeinu Ha'ari, and I'm always confused when people are quoting the Arizal on Tu Bishvat, we don't have anything from his student, Rav, Rav Chaim Vital, 
we do see that it was taught by his other students. The earliest written mention of a Seder on Tubishvat comes from a Sefer first published in 1728 called Birkat Eliyahu. The author Rabbi Eliyahu cites his contemporary Chacham Moshe Hagiz of Hagiz of Jerusalem. He was born in 1671, lived in 1750. I just want to give you an idea. A well-known Mikubal regarding a Tubishvat Seder. There the Rabbi Chacham Hagiz clearly states that he himself instituted this custom based on the words of his teachers. His father was Hacham Yaakov Hajiz of Morocco. Following his father's death, his teacher was his maternal grandfather, Hacham Moshe Galante, who we all heard of, whose own grandfather, Rabbi Moshe Galante of Sifat, was clearly a disciple of the Arizal. And therefore we know that what we are doing here has a clear and direct connection to the Arizal and to the students of, of the Kabbalah from his time. Rav Hajiz, he writes as follows. Man is a tree of the field. We often see that people are, are compared to the tree. And he says, and so I established a custom based on what I have seen from my rabbis and my teacher, meaning Chacham Moshe Galante, who on Tuvishvat would customarily recite many brachot on fruit and pray to Hashem to renew a good year. And they would eat these 15 fruits. It's interesting. I'm going to explain. We have a custom by some to have 15 fruits, some to have 30 fruits. We're going to go forward. Recall that we have four levels of creation. So those of you who attend the classes regularly, you know we have four worlds. Four worlds Beginning from the highest world, we call it Olam HaAtzilut. The best English translation is the Olam of Emanation. This is the place of Hashem's Kiseh HaKavod. This is the highest level, the most unrelatable to us, but the most perfect. Energy flows from that world into the next world, which we call Olam HaBeriut, the world of creation. The world of creation is Yesh Me'ayin. Something from nothing. Abracadabra. The first five fruits that the rabbi lists are related to this world. Why? This world is as close to perfection as we can get because we can't get to the perfection. So the fruits that we eat from this world are those fruits that we eat completely. The, there's, there's no waste, so to say. The fig, the grape, these are foods that we eat, the outside, the inside, we don't worry about eating the seeds. There's no, so to say, or minimal klipa. The second set of fruits that he refers to are dates, olives, and cherries included. This is the world related to the olam ha-yetzira, formation. When you've created, you could create then something from something, olam ha-yetzira. This world of Olam HaYetzirah is Yesh Meyesh, something from something. And what happens in this world, it's mostly good, but the Klipa is within it. The Klipa is there. The Klipa represented by this pit that we can't eat. Finally, we come to our world, the lower world. And in our lower world, he includes a pomegranate, a walnut, an almond. These are fruits that have a very tough outer shell. This is the klipa, this is the negativity. 
This is the dark side that wraps around our world and represents our world of asiyah, of action. And our job really is to break through this shell. And what we're going to do tonight, in essence, will help us to break through this shell. I never saw before until today, when I was looking at the writings of Rabbi Abhacham Hajiz, I saw that he says that we have one other way to reach Olam Ha'asilut, the highest world. And he says the highest world can be reached by the fragrance of the etrog. It's interesting. We have here to eat a piece of the etrog. But he says that when you smell the etrog, the smelling of the etrog could bring us to this Olam Ha'atzilut. Why? We know that when Adam and Chava sinned in the Garden of Eden, what does it say they did? They saw the fruit, they used their eyes. They heard the evil advice of the Nachash, of the snake, they used their ears. They touched the fruit, they used their sense of touch. And not only that, they tasted the fruit, they used the sense of taste. The one sense that's lacking, that's not used, is the sense of smell. And therefore, we often see that the sense of smell, we see quoted in the Torah many times, Reach Nichoach, a beautiful odor, beautiful fragrance. This could bring us to the highest level. So we know it's very difficult to find a, uh, an etrog today. A new etrog, how are you going to find? We still have the etrog sitting over there from, from Sukkot. We have box of preserved etrogs, I guess. But he says that there are other fruits that a person could smell. He, he, brings, he brings the other fruits that may be similar in order to smell. So we have the etrog. I'm not sure if the, uh, if the candied etrog will have a fragrance. But we have also a lemon. And we have included... Lemon, no? And we've included a bracha on the lemon as part of the seder, which only I added a, a few minutes ago. Much, much of the custom relating to the Seder comes from a Sefer called Chemdat Yamim. Although some felt that it was a Sabbatean in origin, and this is the reason some of the Ashkenazim, especially a couple of hundred years ago, were very against doing this. They said this is based on Shabtai Sevi, this is heretical. We have evidence today that this claim is absolutely not true. This text is certainly kosher. Chacham Yosef He refers to it many times and it was especially beloved by him. Now re- remember, we're saying we're doing something new we never heard before. But there's other things that the Mekubalim created that we do. For example, every Friday night, who would think about having Friday night without Kabbalat Shabbat? But Kabbalat Shabbat is an invention of the Mekubalim. It grew out of Sfat in the 16th century. And who of us would have Shabbat without Kabbalat Shabbat? So this custom that I think we've renewed in the last 20 years, this custom of this Tubishvat Seder that they probably did 100 years ago, is something beautiful to renew, and it's something that really has its source, and it's very, very powerful in its ability to bring us bracha. It's obvious that the four cups relate to the Pesach Seder, which he brings. And I think this is to remind us of the Pesach Seder. Chemdat Yamim, if you go through the book, 
there's a permutation of Hashem's name, meaning the Yudke Vavke, or one of the other names. He relates it to each fruit. And there's additional study from the Tanakh and from the Zohar. It says that each person should maximize how many different fruits he eats. There he cites a minimum of 12. Then, like I say, there's others 15, others 30. I'll try to explain more as we go along. I also want one thing to, to explain. Just like on the Pesach Seder, you can go through the whole Seder in 30 minutes if you want to, you know, express Seder. And you can go through the Seder the whole night where the students are going to have to come in the morning and say, Rabbis, it's time to say Shema, enough. The truth is this Seder of Tubishvat, we can do in a half hour or 15 minutes and just go boom, 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 boom. Or you could literally do all night. I've been spending the last, even though I've done this Tubishvat Seder, probably from 20 years ago was the first time we did it with Rabbi Abitan, Zechis Sadiq Livracha. And I've been doing it most years since. And especially after my father passed away, we've been trying to incorporate some meal after the day of remembering with Tubishvat. I, I spent the last four days and I found things that I, that I really didn't see before. One thing we have to remember that Judaism doesn't preach asceticism. We don't tell a guy, go on the top of the mountain, lie on the bed of nails, drink water and eat stale bread. That's not Judaism. Judaism is enjoy the world which I created for you. So we have to delight in all kinds of sweet, delicious and fruit and exotic fruits. And we have to never cease to marvel at Hashem's remarkable creations. The 15th of Shabbat is considered the official birthday of trees in Eretz Yisrael. There are many halachot relating to this, relating to Maaser, relating to Orla, relating to Revai, relating to Shemitah. Tu Bishvat is considered a beginning point, but we're going to have to skip all the laws relating to Tu Bishvat, and we're going to focus on this whole idea. Man is a tree of the field, a tree is constantly growing, so we must, like a tree, produce on Tu Bishvat, we have to renew our own personal growth. Just as the trees, the rabbis tell us, begin to draw the moisture from the roots up into the leaves, to, to, today on Tu Bishvat, so we have to do it. The root is our connection to our source. This is our faith. The trunk is our main body, the Torah observance. And the fruit is the positive influence we give over to other people. So we'll begin now. The first sequence starts with everyone filling up each other's cups like on, like on Pesach. We're going to start with a white wine. The first one, we begin with a white wine because the white wine represents the north. It's the winter season when the earth is dormant. There's no veg vegetation. The white wine is representative of a world without blood. So we're going to start with this wine, but we're not going to drink the wine until the end of the sequence. So we're going to take the wine, we're going to hold the wine, we hope, and not spill on the great table. Okay. Yeah, you're going to be the holder. Okay. Okay. And what we're going to do now is we're going to jump to taking a cracker or something of wheat. If you have something of wheat or cracker, then you should take something of wheat or cracker. Give me one for mommy. Thank you. And we're going to make a beracha on the wheat or cracker. One thing also to keep in mind. The Kafa Chaim, he says something unbelievable. 
And again, I only saw this tonight, a few minutes ago. He says that Rav Chaim Vital asked Rabbeinu Ha'ari, what do you ascribe, how, do you, how did you achieve such a level that you're so connected to above to give to us below? What did you do to achieve it? And you might say, what did he do? Did he fast? Did he roll in the snow? Did he, uh, what could he have done? And his answer was, he focused on Birchot Haneni. He focused on the blessings that we make, on the foods that we eat, on the things that we enjoy. What an unbelievable thing. How many of us make a bracha? I remember as a kid, you know, we ran to the store, we bought something, we put our hand on our head, right? Because we didn't have a yarmulke, right? Put our hand on our head and we said, What? We said a bracha literally in two seconds. Two second bracha. Done. The problem is we didn't say the bracha to appreciate what we had. Our problem today is we usually don't even taste the food we eat. We eat so quickly, we don't even taste it, we don't appreciate it. So what we're going to do now is everyone, if you can, if you're with me and you have a foods with you, take a cracker, a cookie, or something that's a mezonot, and we're going to make the, brach, the, we're going to, we're going to make the bracha on the mezonot. There's a pasuk in Mishlei. And the pasuk in Mishlei but he would feed him with the... I'm sorry, there's a pasuk in, in Tehillim. But he would feed him with the finest wheat. We have to take the time to notice and taste the flavor, consistency, texture, color of the wheat. Our purpose in life is to give praise and acknowledge all the good that Hashem does for us in sustaining us and providing us with the delicacies that are derived from the wheat. So my notes that I have at this point were all dictated to me, by me, onto Siri. And I'm just praying that when I read it over, I realize what I wanted Siri to hear and not what Siri decided to write. So I, I just want to say, if I make a mistake, I apologize. <laughs> so Rechaim Palaji says, the wheat represents our sustenance, our ability to earn a living. He quotes the verse, Chelev Chitim Yaspiech. The fat of the wheat will sustain you. It's interesting. By making the bracha on the wheat, I'm able to draw down a blessing of sustenance. I always remember a story my son Jonah told me that he heard from, from Rabbi, Rabbi Eli Mansur. He says, Rabbi Eli Mansur says, you know, there's a problem. So many of us, we get to Seudah Shelishi and we don't have bread. We have a quick shilishi, you know, take the ka'ak or take the piece of fruit, and that's it. He says, the problem is we have our two loaves, our lechem mishneh for Friday night. We have our two loaves, our lechem mishneh for Shabbat, for the, for the meal of the day. And it comes to, Friday, to Saturday evening, we're in a rush, we don't have the two loaves. He says, we have to recognize the six loaves represent the six days. The first two give us bracha on Sunday and Monday. The second two, Tuesday, Wednesday. The third two, Thursday, Friday. So if you complain that business is terrible on Thursday and Friday, it's because you didn't do Seudah Shalishi with bread. The bread brings you bracha. So we shouldn't be afraid to do the bread. Also, we have to recognize Birkat Amazon and the blessing on the bread relates to our sustenance that we have for the entire week. There's amazing blessings associated with Birkat Amazon. 
as we say the first blessings, then we go into a list of harachaman, harachaman. Remember, the first blessing of Birkat Amazon is written by Moshe Rabbeinu. The second one by Yehoshua when he comes in the land. The third one by David and Shilomo and taking Jerusalem and building the temple. The fourth one by the men of, by the Chachamim of the assembly in Yavne. And then what happens when we say the fourth bracha? We begin a whole bunch of harachaman. Harachaman, we ask Hashem for this and ask Hashem for that and ask Hashem for the next thing. Why are we asking for all of these things? Because those first four brachot of Birkat Amazon take us level by level into the inner sanctum of Hashem, our Father. And once we're there, He says, Children, what do you want? Just ask me. So we say, Harachaman, Harachaman, Harachaman. That's the time that all our, all our requests could be answered. And so many people, they want to skip Birkat Amazon. Where can I get the Mizonot bagel? I don't want to say Birkat Amazon. If we recognize the power of Birkat Amazon, we would want to make sure that every day we at least say Birkat Amazon a couple of times in order for us to access all those Birakot. It's something that we have to remember. So we're going to say this bracha on the, on the, uh, on the Mizonot. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Bore Mine Mezonot. You know, sometimes when you're like like Uncle Charlie wants to eat early in the seder, I think tonight we're gonna. End up, Uncle Charlie's going to want to eat early because I don't know if we're going to finish in an hour. So I guess whatever we get to, we'll get to. There's a tefillah associated with each of the foods. So for example, we said this wheat is associated with sustenance. So I spoke today with Rabbi Galamidi, who's the rabbi of the Suffer Synagogue in Aventura. And he sent me a whole bunch of things relating to the holiday, all his source files. And so it's beautiful from a French publication, beautiful, beautiful Yehidatzon. So I'm just going to say quickly, You should prepare our, our Parnasa and our food for us and all the members of our household today and every day with with honor, not with with comfort, with, with pleasure, Pleasantness, I shouldn't need anything from another person. I shouldn't need their loans, only from you, which is open for us. Each of the foods that we're going to eat, there's a Hirat Son related to a different prayer because each of the foods relates to something different. Now, the next one I didn't even put on the list. Every year we get to this one, we don't have it. So we don't even have it on the list. But my wonderful wife today made me and all of us barley. Because we have, we have when, when we list the seven fruits, we have wheat and then we have barley. So the barley, we know that barley, what does it represent? The barley represents the coming of Mashiach. How? 
We all know that the day after Pesach, we start to count what? Everybody? We start to count the? Omer. Svirata Omer. We have to remember, what was the Omer? The Omer was a barley offering. And we should have in mind, when we eat the barley, that we should be zocher, to have the merit that Hashem should build for us, and allow, or allow us to rebuild the Ben HaMikdash. In ancient times, we brought the Omer offering, we said the blessing, now we could only, we could only say the blessing. So our prayer when we eat the barley, is that Hashem should allow us to rebuild the temple, and again offer the barley. So we're going to take a little bit of the barley. We already said the mezonot blessing, so it's included. We're going to eat the barley. It's okay, just give me a bite. I'm good, mommy. Yeah. Both have COVID. We have COVID. No, we don't. I'm joking. Keshem shezachu avoteno. Just like our fathers were. Worthy We should be those who build the Mikdash. We should do Nachadruach to you. Next, we read a verse from Yirmiyahu about a, a leafy olive tree. A beautiful and shapely, and shapely fruit. There's also a verse from Tehillim. Your children should be like olive plants surrounding your table. A characteristic of the olive plant is it doesn't wither. Also, the olive, we have to remember, we're very fortunate because my wife knew exactly, and the olives are all dry. If you're going to have a wet olive, what you have to do is you have to wash your hands before you eat the olive. Just like on Pesach, when we have the first time we wash our hands, it's because we're dipping the celery into the salt water. So if it's wet, we have to dry it. And uh, many times they put a napkin on the table, but my wife already dried them. So we're going to say bracha on this. We're also taught that the... uh, Okay, hand it up. Careful. Here it goes. We're also taught that the olive tree doesn't shed its leaves, neither in summer nor in winter. And it represents that the Jewish people, no matter the pressure against us, continue to go on. We're all familiar with the statement that Jonah reminded me today came from Mark Twain, who really didn't have an abundant love of the Jews. And he writes on the Jews, If the statistics are right, the Jews constitute but one quarter of one percent of the human race. It suggests a nebulous puff of stardust lost in the blaze of the Milky Way. Probably the Jew ought hardly to be heard of. But he is heard of. He's always been heard of. He is as prominent on the planet as any other people and his importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallness of his bulk. His contributions to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstruse learning are also well out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. He has made a marvelous fight in the world in all ages and has done it with his hands tied behind his back. He could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Persians rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor. 
then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greeks and Romans followed, made a big noise, they're gone. Other people sprung up, held their torch high for a time, but it burned out. And they sit in twilight now and they vanished. The Jews saw them all, survived them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert but aggressive mind. All things are mortal but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his mortality? He wrote this in September 1897 in the National, in the, in the, uh, it's quoted in the National Jewish Post and Observer in 1984. So as we make the blessing on the olive and eat the olive, we should have in mind to bless our children. The rabbis teach that when we are plentiful with olive oil to light our lamps, will be blessed with wonderful and wise children. So we have to make a bracha on the olive. All make the bracha. Baruch ata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam bore peri haetz. Having everything in mind. So we have a Yehidat Zon. Again, you know, we have these Yehidat Zons on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah. We're going to explain... How it works. What is it? You know, we come to Rosh Hashanah. We have the sort of Seder with the Simanim. We eat the leek. We eat the pomegranates on Rosh Hashanah. We eat the Swiss chard. We eat the apple and the honey. And we said, what does it mean? We're going to go to court and we're going to tell the judge, wait, wait, judge, don't pronounce sentence. I'm going to eat an apple and a honey. Whatever you should do, make my judgment sweet. So what is it? We're sitting here eating foods. We're going to make a bunch of Yehidat Sons. Very powerful Yehidat Sons. This one, Yehidat Sofa Avinu Mishabashamayim, that you should, Sheyiten Bilvecha Havato, you should give, Vetia Yirat Hashem Alpanech, Kol Yemecha Yanshalot, you should give that we shouldn't sin, that, that our children shouldn't sin, and they should be connected to the Torah Mitzvot, and they should be wise, and they should be respectful. And we go on and on and ask this prayer, and each of us should have in mind to give this prayer to our children. That Hashem should bless our children with us eating the olive. We have to remember that on Rosh Hashanah, the question is asked, how does it work? Does it really work that I, that I eat a pomegranate and I, my, my mitzvot should increase? So the Gemara explains, as we, as we gave the class in Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara explains that when a person is sad, when a person is depressed, when a person looks at other things that he wants and he's not happy with what he has, he could bring upon himself bad mazal. And from that, the Gemara figures out, Abaye figures out, that if a person is happy, if a person appreciates what Hashem gives him, if a person is satisfied with what Hashem gives him, if a person picks up the olive and he says, wow, this is unbelievable, Thank you, Hashem, that you made all of these different fruits. We don't eat the same thing every single day. Look at all the colors. Look at the different shapes. Look at the different fragrances. If a person says, Yehidat Son, and he's thanking Hashem, Hashem is willing to give. If your father gives you a gift, and you say, Thank you, Dad, I really appreciate what you gave me. It's so nice of you. Thank you so much. What do you want to do? Give him another one. But if you give him a gift and he spits in your face so he doesn't like it, what do you want to do? Eh, close the spigot. I don't want to give you anything. I don't want to know from you. 
So the whole idea really of what we're doing in the Yihirat Son is to appreciate the world. We should read Rabbi Vigda Miller, it was unbelievable how he said, you could look at an apple and the miracle of an apple tells you about the creation of the world. So this is really, these Yihirat Sons are very, very powerful. And if you're not, you know, we're, we're doing it, but each of you should say this bracha, that Hashem should bless your children. Take care of them. Give them what they need. And, and this is really the idea behind the olive. Next, we're going to go to the date. Where's the date? I have a date with my wife to have a date. So we read, Sadi katamar yifrach. A righteous man flourishes like the palm, like the olive. We now also read from, from Shir Hashirim that your stature is like a palm tree. What is it about a palm tree? It was funny. This is my second Tu Bishvat Seder today. My uh, grandchildren in Israel had a Tu Bishvat Seder tonight, which was this morning in Israel, and we got to join them via Zoom. And thank you. Checked. Checked. Date. Checked the date. So my, my grandchildren had a Tu Bishvat, and we're talking about the palm. The palm tree doesn't bend, it doesn't sway to the changing wind. So too the Jewish people, we remain steadfast and strong throughout the generations. We follow the laws of the Torah. What's interesting also was we use this verse to refer to Korach. Korach, who's the one who rebelled against Moshe Rabbeinu. The last three letters of Sadiq, Katamar Yifrach, Sadiq Kuf, Katamar Reish, Yifrachet. Korach. What do you mean? Korach is the Sadiq who will, who will uh, blossom? How could we say that? And the rabbis say that even Korach in the time of the Mashiach is going to return as a Kohen. I think what we learn here is that with regard to the palm tree, we use so much of it. We use it and there's very little waste. We use the leaves of the palm tree for the lulav. We use the larger leaves for the sechach on the on the, on the sukkah, especially if you go to California, they all cover it with the, with the palms. We use them also the hearts of palm, which we eat. The thin branches on the palm tree we use to weave rope. The thick trunks we use as support beams, or at least they did then. One of the lessons of the palm tree is that every Jew is valuable. Every Jew is needed. Every Jew has a place. Some master the Chumash, some the Torah, the Talmud, some stories, some do amazing acts of kindness, some give tremendous amounts of tzedakah. Everyone has a place and a purpose. And as we state, Sadiq the righteous are like the palm tree. We have to take the opportunity. And we do a Yihirat Son here, that Hashem should bless the Sadiqi. He should bless our great sages, our teachers, our scholars. He should guide them, give them wisdom to assist us. That they should be able to guide us and they should be there for us and their merit should stand for us. So we could eat the, the date. One here for mine. Oh, you have your own. Okay, we said the bracha and the olive. We had in mind all the other fruit. Delicious. The fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Ribono shel olam. Habocher baturah Moshe abdo. It should be your will. You should send us true leaders, shepherds faithful, that should have the, the strength to bring us to you in truth. All 
עד עתה, ותמשיך עלינו, ותשפיע עלינו אמונה וקדושה, בזכות הצדיקים מעמך ישראל. את צמח דבר עבדיך מרא תצמיח. But really we're praying that Hashem should send us the Mashiach Sidkenu. And as we do this, these Zihiratzon really have tremendous, tremendous power. Next is the grape. Which grape? The red or the yellow? Green, oh, you're yellow. Color, I'm not colorblind. Just losing it. Okay, I have a grape. You have a grape? So the grape really relates to your spouse. In Tehillim we say, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your house. Since the vine is nearby, it receives proper attention. When a man gives his wife the proper attention, hum, 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 uh, and respect, they will have many fine children. The Gemara has a question. It brings up a verse and it says, In veha gefen, be in veha gefen, davarna umit kabel. The mingling of the grapes of the vine and the grapes of the vine is beautiful and acceptable. We have to realize something. Before eating a fruit that grows on a tree, we say, But if you turn that fruit, the orange, the apple into a juice, what bracha do you say on the juice? But with a grape, you say, But when you turn it into a wine, what do you say? You say, You raise up the level by making it into wine. The originators of the family are the parents. They are like the vine. The offspring are like the grapes. Our rabbis are telling us that a marriage in which there is a mingling of the grapes and which produces wine, the children are able to accomplish even more than their parents. This is something beautiful and acceptable. We should have in mind to pray now. Going to ask the custom for two blessings. One blessing is peace in our homes. The other blessing is peace to bring is 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 to bring young couples together. I often hear there's a shiduchim problem. We should pray to Hashem. He should help. But I think really also the kids have to go out and be uh, willing to meet who they need to meet. Our rabbis also associate the grape with fertility. So when we're going to eat the grape, we're going to make a prayer that Hashem should bless all the couples who are unable or so far unable that they should be blessed with children. So everyone should have someone in mind. And we're saying Moses here who's in medical school and he's looking to study fertility. He should be izocheh to be able to help any couples who are trying to have. He should be izocheh to be the, the shaliach from Hashem that he should help, help them to bring children to this world. Amen. So now we, we're going to eat the grape. And, uh, and we're going to say, a, say the Yehidatzot. Uh, Please Hashem, call Akarot. Should all the Akarot, anyone who's who's barren, should be remembered for good. They should give birth with your mercy. Banim Hayim Vikayamim. Bitrabu Amecha Ben Israel Kehol Hayam. You should increase your children like the sand of the sea. Asher lo yimad velo yisaper. That can't be counted. Keshem shegavrurah Amecha. Alavino Harishon. Echad ya Abraham. Avino veishtosara. Just like you gave them children, you should give anyone who needs. So think of someone now who needs a child, who's praying for a child. Pray for them that in zuchut of what we're doing, they should be blessed with a child. Next we have...
The first cup of wine. So the first cup of wine, we said, is the white. And uh, we say, the, 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 based on Yaakov's blessing to Yehuda, that, the, that he says that it would flow with wine like a mountain. It refers to the Mashiach who's going to come from Yehuda. So we're going to drink the cup. We're going to lean on the left. If you're driving, make sure it's grape juice. And we're going to say the blessing. That's the good thing about Zoom. Everybody could be home. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Boreh Peria Amen. Lean, 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 lean. You can lean on me. Lean on me. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> At least my kids laugh. Okay. <laughs> we should also remember that we're having four small cups, right? So, it, now the four cups of wine that we have, like I said, there's white, there's a little thing that's a touch off white, there's more, what? Rosé. Rosé, what's the next one? Blush? Yeah, and then there's red. It's interesting that in the Sepharim they say, yeah, I only have white and red. In those days, I guess, I don't know. So they would put a little dot of the red into the white in order to change it. So now the, we have the second cup that we set aside. The second cup is a little, mostly white, a little bit of red. This is the eastern, this is the spring. This is the dormant should have fruit. The same idea that we just said, that anyone who needs to have a child should be blessed with a child. So we're hoping, again, like we said about the grapes, the two grapes, what does it mean? The two grapes come together, the two vines come together, they have wonderful children. So the, the prayer that we have with the vine is we should be like that. It should be your will that we should be, we should have peace. It should be between us and our wives, us and our spouses. Between us and our children. One should be happy with the other. Long time. I should be able to, all of us should be able to see the joy of our children, our grandchildren. All of them should get married. They should build a holy house. And they should have the proper spouse. And they should all be successful. Next. Okay, next we go to, that was the wine. Wine also for Shiduchim. So really we pray also that they should find their proper spouse. Next one we are going to go to is the fig. Fig? This is fig, no? Those figs, yeah, and on your plate also. This is fig. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So for me, I don't think I've eaten a fig ever <laughs> except in fig newtons when i was a little kid <laughs> anyway i think I, I should say uh i think i should say okay so the fig is mentioned in shir hashirim it's also mentioned in mishlei the person who guards the fig tree should eat its fruit says if one doesn't guard his fig tree someone else is going to eat his fruit person has to help his employee and his employer. The fig is mentioned, like we said in Shira Shinim, the rabbis say that of the fig, we eat the skin, the fruit, even the small seeds. And this represents, like we said, this olam haberiah. The fig also grows step by step, it says in the Sefarim. 
I don't really understand. I think everything grows step by step. But it relates to our need to grow step by step. I always remember Rabbi Avitan telling us the story. We had a guy who came into shul once. And this guy, he would come to shul every once in a while. And he was a hell's angel motorcycle guy. He'd have his motorcycle jacket and all of his chains. And he was a rough and tumble guy. And every year he would come to shul, I guess, on a yard site. And he would be there. Then one day, what happened? This guy showed up in shul. One week in his motorcycle jacket. The next week he was wearing a long black coat with, uh, with it, uh, the belt tying it. He had a nice black hat. He had tzitzit coming out. Overnight transformation from a hell's angel to a heavenly angel. And the rabbi said, relax, when we looked. He said, it's not so good. He said, because when you change overnight one way, usually you change back overnight the other way. The rabbi would always tell us, you have to go step by step, little by little. Each of us has to go step by step, little by little. Grow every day. If you grow every day, you reach unbelievable heights. He also would tell us that we have to remember that it's not where you are on the ladder, on your spiritual ladder of life. What does that mean? Each of us is born into a different situation. Each of us is born into a different way, a different world. Some of us have advantages that other ones don't. So it's not where you are on the spiritual ladder that's important to Hashem. It's the direction in which you're heading. As long as you're going upwards, it doesn't matter where you are. That's what we have to focus on every day. The rabbi would tell me that every night before you go to sleep, try to think, did I learn something new today? Did I do something good for someone today? I should examine myself and make sure there was some level of personal growth. Every day has to be something. So I'm going to say... Uh, I should learn your Torah with fear, with love, and great joy. We should be joyful in our Torah. We should be worthy. We should be worthy to learn in order to learn in order to do. We should be able to fix our midot and our actions because there's no purpose to learning unless it's going to help you change and become someone better. Your Shekhinah should rest on us. Beautiful, beautiful thing. This is the fig. Next, we go to what do we go to? The pomegranate. Where's the pomegranate? Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Stop. You know, I only learned this year when we were in Florida, and and we I went and bought pomegranates to uh, to to do the cooking show, and. I had to figure out how do you take the seeds out of a pomegranate. You go to YouTube and you have three people who tell you their own different ways. That's the best way. But it's unbelievable. You open it, you 
you knock it, you put it into, you have to know how to cut it. It's just unbelievable. Okay, stop talking. (laughs) I I thought it was fascinating. So, we're going to take a little pomegranate. There you go. You have a spoon in front of you. You just spilled on the floor. Here comes the dog. And you eat the pomegranate. Okay. So, the pomegranate. So, it's interesting. The Gemara tells us that even what we might consider to be an ugly fruit from the exterior has beautiful, beautiful seeds on the inside. It says that, I remember learning as a little kid that every pomegranate has exactly 613 seeds inside. I don't know who sat there to count 613. I honestly don't know, but maybe in a spiritual way it has 613 potential seeds. Some spe- a special prayer that we say with regard to the pomegranate is really this. The pomegranate is really not so attractive from the outside. Nothing you could do with it from the outside. But it's on the inside that it has something special. So many of us, what we do and what we're guilty of, is looking at other people and judging them by the cover. Judging them by what we see. Instead, we have to realize, the rabbis tell us, that even the Jew with no mitzvot, who's empty, is filled like a pomegranate, with merit, filled with a pomegranate, with mitzvot. Every one of us has something good about us. And what the pomegranate has to teach us is we have to go beyond what we see, to see the inside, to see the real person, to judge our friend the way we want us to be judged. We have to eliminate the level of jealousy. And this really is the tefillah that relates to the pomegranate. So we're going to eat a little bit. Delicious. And here's the Yiratzon. You should rescue us. From the jealousy of a man to his friend. And jealousy of another person shouldn't fall in our hearts. We shouldn't be jealous of others. But you should put within us that we should see we should see everything from the proper side and not what's lacking. We should, we should speak to everyone in the right way and we should not have any hatred one to another you should strengthen us with love towards you as known and is revealed next we go to the etrog okay so we're going to at least go for the hour and we'll see where we're at. Can we get what? Police of Etrog? This is the Etrog. Yeah? Yeah. Mario. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go a few more minutes. If you guys don't mind, are we all okay? Okay, we're gonna go a few more minutes. We're going a little overtime, sorry. But I think uh we'll do at least a few more, we'll get at least to the next. You got it? Okay. So That's we're gonna eat the etrog. No. Even if you didn't eat an etrog, you don't make a a Shekhianu, because we use the etrog during the holiday, during Sukkot. So we're going to... The etrog, it says, you should take for yourself the etrog, pre-etzadar, a beautiful fruit. The etrog is, 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 is described as pre-etzadar. On Tu Bishvat, every tree is judged. Either it's going to live or die. And the Mekubalim told us we should pray for a beautiful etrog in the coming year. 
we should pray for all the groves that the Etrogim are going to grow, that Hashem should, should give them. We're spoiled in our lives, but we read stories where entire towns and cities only had one Etrog, and sometimes none, that we should be all blessed to have Etrog to be able to celebrate and do the mitzvah properly. And this is the prayer that we have for the Etrog. So everyone could eat the Etrog, if you have Etrog. If not, I'm having you in mind. Mm. Now, we said that one of the things is if we could smell the etrog, but it, the candy, you could smell it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I try? Well, we'll try this. I think the lemon. So we're going to say bracha on the smelling of a beautiful fruit. Baruch ba-perot. Amen. Okay. Apple. Do we have an apple? Dip the apple in the honey. I'll dry the apple. Okay. We're only going to do a few more, and then we'll, we'll end it, and we'll figure out how to do a shorter version next year. <laughs> but I think this was good. I'm enjoying it, personally. So, Shira Shirim. Says, like the apple tree of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. The rabbis tell us on this verse that in Egypt, the men had to go out and work, and they had to go work far from the towns where they lived, and they were forced to sleep where they worked at night. And what happened? Their wives would come. They would come with a pail of water and with another pail filled with fish. And they would allow their husbands to wash up. They would feed them, cook the fish, give them to drink. And then they would sit with their husbands hidden under the apple tree and a new generation could be born. This is the zechut of the women, of, our, of, of the women who went out there to their husbands to help them. It shows really all of us have to remember to have a connection with each other. I also think that we all grew up learning an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So we're going to eat the apple, and the Yihiratzon, the, the I'm going to go with the Yihiratzon that's going to say that Hashem, you should give us all health. Health in our lives, we should, we should, we should save anyone who's sick, we should bring back a refuah to anyone who needs it, and we should have Briah in order to serve you, in order to do what you need to do. Dried apple. Okay. Second cup. Have that one, Moses. That one. We're gonna have a little wine. Lean a little to the left. Give me five more minutes. I got a few more. That's very important, and we'll go from there. I'm good. Oh, good. Okay, we're still good. So now we're gonna take a walnut. If we have a walnut, and have a walnut, Moses. Shir Hashirim talks about a walnut. I need a walnut. Shir Hashirim talks about a walnut. The walnut we said is one of the one of the items that we relate to this olam ha'asiyah. This is the olam of the klipa. The walnut or other types of nuts that have these hard shells. If we take the nut in the shell and we drop it on the floor, we don't care. Nothing we're going to do. The only way to get into the walnut is to crack the shell with something hard. You know, in the laws of Shabbat in Mukseh, if we want to open up our walnut with a hammer, 
We have to designate the hammer not to be muqseh that we're going to use it for the walnut. And then we have to use the hammer to break open the walnut. The rabbis explain that you have to break through the walnut or something that's very hard. What do you do? The shnei luchot, the tablets that Moshe brought down from Har Sinai, the tablets were made out of sapphire, which is a very hard stone. It's a precious stone. And the Torah is symbolized through this hard and precious stone. And the Torah will allow us to break through any shell. We also talk about the klipa. You hear the word klipa, shell, dark forces, blockage, blocking us from the light. And one of the themes that we're focused on during Tu B'Shvat is to reconnect and eliminate the barriers. And how do we do it? It's through the Torah that's symbolized by the hard tablets, by the tool to break through the shell. We've heard many times that the flow from heaven is always there. It's always coming. It's always turned on. Hashem Yitbarach, He wants to give us. He wants to extend the light. He wants to, he wants to extend everything to us. There's a pipe of Shefa that's flowing from above to below. The problem is not in the source. The problem is we clog the pipe on our end. It's not heaven unwilling to nourish us, but us who block and stop the nourishment. So as we eat this food, this walnut, which is in a hard shell that we break through to get through it, we have to remember the tool to break through. Sometimes I think, you know, my head got to break through the skull in some way to get to the brain. It's not easy. You know, we know what to do, but we don't do it. I remember Rabbi, Rabbi Isaac Farhi, a few years ago, we were together in Florida. And he said, you know, we read this week about Yetziat Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, the first, it's a first mem, final mem, and, a two, and in between, what's in between the mem and the mem? The Yetzer, the inclination. He says the first mem is machshava, thought. The second mem is ma'aseh, action. What do we have to do? The Yetzer is trying to prevent us from doing the machshava and turning it into the ma'aseh. Taking, we have a good thought to do something. We don't do it. The Yetzer is blocking us. The whole idea is what do we have to do now is break through to connect the ma'aseh, the machshava and the ma'aseh. We put on our tefillin and our tefillin. It's really because men are really much worse at uh, connecting the, the thought and the action. What do we do? We try to connect the tefillin shel rosh with the tefillin shel yad. We don't talk between them because we want there always to be a connection between the action and the thought. Let's eat the, the walnut. So we're just going to do two more. Amen and carob. And I think that's it. You got speaking. Hmm? Speaking? No, we're just going to do the amen. Any almonds? Ryan. Have an almond? Ryan. Ryan, any almonds? Oh, yeah. So we have almonds. We know in the Torah we have the idea of the almonds where the rod of Aharon sprouts mm-hmm. and it flowers. And it shows that Aharon, in the argument with Korach, Aharon is the guy. And this staff was placed in the Kodesh HaKodashim. And it's a testimony that each of us has a place. There's a place for the Kohanim. There's a place for the Leviim. There's a place for the Israelim. We each have 
a place where we can be, where we should be. And we say, we, we say just as the almond tree is the quickest to sprout, we should also be blessed to grow. But we should always remember, and I think that's really my main thought when I had the almond, was that we should remember where our place is and we shouldn't try to step on someone else's place. So now we're going to all eat the almond. And the last one, which I thought was the most interesting, and everyone can continue and have the rest of the cups. The last one I want to do is the carob. Can I have a piece of the carob? No. To me, this is the strangest thing to eat. I don't know. Okay. Now, where do we have carob? We really don't have carob in the Torah. The Gemara tells us that after the destruction of the second temple, when Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, the author of the Zohar Kadosh, was teaching Torah, the Romans wanted to kill him. So what did he have to do? He had to run away and hide in a cave with his son for 12 years. And the rabbis tell us that what did he eat when he hid in this cave for 12 years? He ate carob. How do you eat carob 12 years every single day? But they don't only say that about him. They tell us about Rav Hanina ben Dosa. This rabbi was a miracle worker. He could make unbelievable things happen. And the rabbis tell us he was so poor that basically he ate a couple of pounds of carob from Sunday to Friday. And the only time they ate anything different was Shabbat. I don't know. I can't even imagine eating this once. You know, we eat this, uh, we eat this now because I always think of it as uh, something related to Tu Bishvat. But I absolutely had no idea how this was related to Tu Bishvat. I just, nothing, zero. What does it have to do with Tu Bishvat? Really, what does it have to do? And I learned today something very interesting. In Ashkenazi communities, they celebrated Tu Bishvat. But unlike the cities on the Mediterranean or the Middle Eastern coasts, in the cold north of, of Europe, they didn't have any figs in the middle of winter. Imagine, February 1st, go find a fig in Poland. Right? They didn't have grapes growing in February in Poland. They didn't have oranges or anything much else. But they did want to import something from Eretz Israel. I was talking to Michaela today. She goes, oh my gosh, I forgot to buy carobs. She said, oh, but I could just go outside and take them off the tree. <laughs> Growing everywhere, carobs. says, so what did the Jews do in Europe? They couldn't get all of these fruits, but they could get something from Eretz Israel. And although the Torah doesn't mention carob, we tell the stories from the Gemara. And so what they did was they managed to bring dried carob pods from Eretz Israel. And it says, in the days before express, transport and refrigeration, the hard and dry texture of the carob tree made it one of the few fruits grown in the land of Israel, able to withstand long distance travel to Europe without deterioration. When I first heard about this today, I, I was going to cry. Carob seeds are hard as a rock. 
And I don't know how tasty they are, but they're really not tasty to me. And although Rav Shimon Bar Yochai survived on them for 12 years, and we say Rav Hanina Ben Dosa ate them from week to week, the Gemara talk calls carobs ma'achal behema. You know it's ma'achal behema? Animal food. However, the amazing Jews of Europe living in these frigid lands wanted to have a connection to Eretz Israel. They wanted to have a connection to the land of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, to the holy land. And it was the love and passion that we Jews always had for our beloved land that transformed these inedible seats into what my wife calls the most delicious food in the world. The lesson in this is food, and the lesson in this food is for us to truly push ourselves, to be satisfied with what we have, and to understand that although we think that happiness comes from things, as the media and advertising push us to believe we learn, in life really, it's not about the things that make us happy. We have to be happy with what we have. And what's beautiful is the tefillah, on the Amens, is Yehida Tzumfanecha Adonai Vehenu Leotenu, Shetezakeni, Shetezakenu, Berachamecha Rabim, Lemidat Hastapkut, Shenizkele Yot Mistapek Bemuat Be'alam Hazer. We should be satisfied with a little in this world. Veshtamesh Be'alam Hazer Bektushat Hara. We should delve into holiness and pureness for your sake. We have to control our appetite. Rabbi Galamidi said to me, he said, if people understood the message of the carob, they would stop buying every day six times from Amazon. You would put a huge dent into Amazon because we find we need things we never needed before just because they're going to show up on the door 12, 22 hours later. One of the ideas behind the carob is that we have to have self-control. We have to be satisfied. What did Jerry's favorite statement was? He said that, he says from Perkavot, he's what's a, what's a happy person? A happy person is Hasameach Bechelko. He's happy with what he has. We should all be zochet to be happy with what we have. And with that, I'm going to, hopefully I don't have to go to the dentist tomorrow. <laughs> Lucky we have one. Wow. Stephen! That's Stephen Ridholz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think we went over our time, so I think we're gonna we're gonna end the seder now. I want to thank everybody. You should still continue eat the rest of the fruits. You still have the next couple of uh, of wine. Eat the rest of the fruits. Appreciate really what Hashem has given us. Appreciate the the beauty of this world. And like we said, these yehidat sons are all about being happy with what Hashem has given us being happy with what we have, being happy with our spouses, being happy with our children, coming together in unity. The whole idea of Tu Bishvat is that we had the blockage of winter, and now what happens is we begin, even though we're six weeks before spring, we begin with the flow of the springtime. We begin with the flow of the water up to the tree. You know what's interesting? When did we celebrate the first Passover Seder of our freedom? We celebrated it before we were free. We celebrated it while we were in Egypt with our shoes on and our belts on and our sticks in our hand. Why? 
Because in order to be free, you have to be able to anticipate it in your mind first. Really, so much bracha could come to us in these ways. And how? By our words and our thoughts. What's unbelievable is we create a reality in our words. Saying to myself over and over again something becomes a reality. You know, my mother would always say, I don't know if my mom's still there. Hi, mom, you're still there. My mother would always tell us, watch out what you say, because what you say is creating a reality. Don't say something bad. The idea behind Tukushvat is to be happy, to be satisfied, to say beautiful things, to learn the Torah together, to be together as a family. I'm looking forward to, again, having a Tukushvat Seder where we have literally 100 people all together in one room. Be'ezrat Hashem, next year we should be together and maybe we'll spend two hours doing this because at least I'll see all of you and I won't know if anyone's falling asleep. I'll know and we'll be able to move on. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I want to wish you a beautiful Tu Bishvat. I want to wish that Hashem should give kol mishalot libenu all the desires of our heart letova. He should bless us with peace in our lives. He should bless our children. He should bless everyone. And I want to say again, I want to thank the sponsor from the, from the class. I want to thank, uh, where's my other peach? Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, come on. There we go. I want to thank again, I want to thank Danielle and Rafi Hasbani. I want to thank them. They're really special, special people in memory of his dad, who was a very special guy, Nisim Hasbani Ben Amelia Hakohen. I want to thank them for sponsoring. Also, again, I want to do Refuah for for Pinhas Ben Hana and for everyone else who needs a Refuah. Have them in mind that in Zuchut of what we did tonight, they should have a Refuah, a Refuah Shalema. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Bezrat Hashem, my father's looking down and he's very proud of all of his children, his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. And we should also be zocher to see our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. Thank you, everybody. Shabbat shalom. Sorry I, I didn't do the perashah. I owe you beshalach. Unbelievable class. Maybe next week we'll mix beshalach with yitro. Maybe we'll push it in when we get you know some of those... Uh, some of those uh, parashiot where we deal with, you know, the clothes of the Kohen Gadol or the building, Ooh, and we repeat over and over again. So we'll figure it out. Thanks, everybody. Maybe Have a great love night. Love you all. Love you, everybody. Thank you. Oh, we have messages in the chat, but I can't read. read it's too far away. Mariah's going to read. Um, someone asked Oi an hour ago, could you explain when this minhag of the Tubishad Seder started? And we did. We did. You did. And then people are just saying, thank you. Hi. <laughs> Can you hear if anyone has a question? David? Yeah, mom. Thank you. Thanks, mom. Love, Love you. Mom. Thanks for staying there. There's my mom. <laughs> Okay. I you can't hear? Hi, Al. Okay, the. I'll let you read the chat before we Special, out. right? Okay, we're going to keep the chat. If anyone Dude, I can answer, if anyone has a question. All about you and Dad. Send me an email or send me a WhatsApp, you, and God willing, uh, Jessica will get strong. the recording and we'll send out so the recording tonight if anybody wants I'll to review family. or share it and have another Seder with their family in the morning. Hi, Leah.
How are you? Did you enjoy? Julie, shout out to Julie for dropping off this cake. Thanks, Julie. Yeah. Nice my, cake. My bestie in <laughs> Atlantic Beach is my oh. Julie. Thanks, Love everybody. You, Thanks, everyone. God. Hope you had a good time. Thank you. God bless you, Grandma. Just... <laughs> hey, Charles. Hello. Good Joey. to see you the other Hi, night. Joey. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hi, Mike. Thanks, Richard. Nice to see you. Hi, Viv. Is that Ariana Bibi up there in that corner? Yeah, that's Mo Ariana. Jonah's Jonah's still in the office. Go Jonah, go Jonah. home. Your kids want you to come home. Go home, Jonah. <coughs> Thank you. Hey, Stevie. <laughs> Thank you. Hope everyone enjoyed. Thanks, everybody. Hi, Rhonda. Oh, oh Jules, Jules. What? Oh, yeah, you should eat everything. everything. <laughs> Julie, what's in it? Julie, what's Auntie in the fruit cake? Hi, Al. Hi, Auntie Ellen. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Be well. Okay. Here, I just want to look at the chat with I you. I just yesterday. I was by Tom. I'm trying to say I said I hate What's your WhatsApp? You can give me a number. You don't mind? No. I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's my WhatsApp. Do you know who that is? No, but whoever wants it. Wow. S say what? Yeah, say you oh, sent okay. it. We just sent it in the chat. My number is there, so if anyone wants to send me a WhatsApp or get the recording, it's there. Julie. I'd say 917. Hey. Oh, yeah. It's 917-620-1602 is my WhatsApp. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Really Ali, you want to stop said Chazaku Baruch? Yes. Cereal said the pomegranate. Oh, she ended it, but I think she cut the chat. It's delicious. Okay, yeah. Moses, can you fix my computer? What happened? That was beautiful day.